Coming up this week on the Course of Life podcast, my whirlwind travel tour continues through the world of golf. We're recapping the action in New Orleans at the Zurich, plus my Houston and Dallas trips for the LPGA and PGA Tour Champions event, and a fun week ahead at a familiar destination coming our way as well. We're tuned into some vintage NYC footage and Ted Lasso content as well. This this week's guests include some clips from my chats uh, at the Invited Celebrity event with tennis pros Marty Fish and Jack Sock, plus on the LPGA, we have Gemma Dryberg back on the show and an awesome conversation with Red Sox legend Kevin Millar delivering an all-time podcast quote. Plus, we end with our Bucky's obsession and always end with food, uh, but all of it brought to you most importantly by our friends at Swing Juice and Mike. I hear you just got something in the mail from our swing, friends at Swing Juice representing the lovely Swaggerish's brand on the golf course and off the course. Uh, they have uh, attire for pretty much any golfer, and uh, we love the Swing Juice vibes. Uh, what'd you get there? You get a, get a shirt, a little hoodie action? I did. Nice, nice, little, uh, nice little care package sent over by our new friends at Swing Juice. Got a nice little uh, green t-shirt with the Swing Juice circle logo on it. Love green. Held it, held it up for the wife, and she was like, oh, that color looks really nice on you. I was like, oh, thanks. And then held oh, up, done. Uh, and then a black T-shirt with this, the the Vista logo from Swing Juice as well. It says Swing Juice on it. She also said, "Oh, I like that one too." And then a hoodie with the American flag, but the the stars are golf balls and the stripes are are golf clubs. And she went, "Oh, I like that one too." So the wife approves of everything from Swing Juice that I got. Three for three from the wife. Plus uh, the we love the swagger and the vibe that Swing Juice sends off with all of their apparel, from shirts to hoodies to hats to pants and everything else to help you on and off the course uh, live your your most stylish life. There, the golfers out there love the Swing Juice night and day. We do as well. Promo code Life Twenty again. Promo code LIFE20 to save you 20% off anything at swingjuice.com. Check them out and uh, look forward to seeing everyone in their Swing Juice apparel. Promo code LIFE20 at swingjuice.com. Hello, interwebs, and welcome to Course of Life. We are proud to be presented by our friends at Desert Fox Golf and Swing Juice. I'm Michael. He's Alex. And Alex, they were uh, in the bayou. They were in New Orleans, just outside of the city for the Zurich Classic of New Orleans at TPC Louisiana. Uh, A whole lot of jazz music being played on the CBS broadcast. And uh, Nick Hardy and Davis Riley, if you've never heard of them, that's because they've never won a PGA Tour event until this weekend when they won at 30 under par, securing status. Uh, You know, big win. And and, and as I put out, the Zurich Classic is the second most – Second highest producing event of brand new PGA Tour winners next to only the John Deere Classic. Yeah, and maybe I think it helped in the moment and for the vibe that both these guys were gunning for their same their first win at the same time, but they yeah. had each other by their side because of the unique format and this two-man team competition where it's quite literally alternate shot Mike on Sunday. And you know what that's like. That is like you're hitting the tee shot and I'm going to wherever that tee shot is and I'm playing from wherever that is, good or bad. So it takes a lot of leaning on your teammate. And Hardy and Riley have been playing golf together forever. They're BFFs on tour. And lo and behold, they got their debut win together. Not not much better feeling than that to, to get the, the first win. 
Yeah, and as as they said in some of their post ride interviews too, you know they were relying on each other because of the the nerve level and knowing that maybe, you know, if it wasn't all right, the other one would pick them up. So great to hear that they were able to really lean on each other because last year's champions Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantley didn't. I mean, they finished T four, but they didn't do that great, really. Through no, that. not really. I mean, I had Horschel and Burns and my my picks as well. Uh, I saw the Sahith Tagala Justin Su, uh combo did pretty well for them. Uh, Taylor Moore and Matthew Neesmith. I had a good all around picking week, but didn't have the winner obviously in uh, Riley and Hardy. So shout out to those two debut winners. And hey, hey listen, maybe individually. Nick Hardy and or Davis Riley weren't ready to win on their own, but together they got it done. And that's all that matters. So they're, they're tour members for the next three years, regardless. Now I do want to touch on that 1990s parrot group team of John Daly and David Duvall, who just put up an atrocious 14 over par mm. 12 over 12 more strokes worse than the next worst group out there. <laughs> They're catching some flack on the internet for this, Mike. The 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 taking up a spot in the field crew, yeah. you, know, you know that crew on Twitter. They were pretty loud uh, in the direction of John Daly and David Duall for those when those scores came in last week. Pretty pretty atrocious. Pretty disappointing overall. You know, you would expect to see them at least shoot in a team golf event. Shoot shoot par. Only two teams didn't shoot under par. It was them and then Parish Amin and Michael Thompson, a two over for the first two days. And Parish so. Amin, I read this, is literally just like some guy who's not even a pro, who's just a friend of Michael Thompson. So again, it was <laughs> calling into this idea of like, all right, you're a PGA Tour pro, you have this exemption, we're giving this exemption, but like, are you going to be competitive enough? Because we've got others that are knocking on the door that will gladly be more competitive. So obviously that issue will continue to play out when things like this happen. Yeah. There also was this uh, live golf event uh, down under. They were in Australia. They were. It was pretty lit there. Pretty lit it there. Was, yeah. it was, you know, they had a, the watering hole, a par three hole, very similar to what you would see at the waste management. Yeah, that's right. Saw and that. uh, so they were there at live golf. Uh, Adelaide, Adelaide, I think is, yep. is how you pronounce it. If Correct. we're doing it right there for Australia. And uh, hey, Kepka got a hole in one, man. Kepka. Chase Kepka. That's right. Oh yeah, it was it was live golf. Live golf history was made. Don't they, don't blink. That, that's my they, that's my Arlo White right know. there. Yeah. Don't blink. You might miss this, but just a moment ago, Chase Kepka making live golf history. Yes, everyone went wild and threw beers for Chase Kepka, not Brooks, uh, making the hole in one there at the watering hole. I get it. They were mimicking the 16th hole vibe at the waste management. They had a pretty healthy, rowdy crowd, maybe the healthiest, loudest crowd, I would say, in the history of Livesall. I'll tip my cap there. But I, I, you you poked fun at it. Um, just this idea that er, absolutely everything is history. Yeah. Every single Live Call broadcast. <laughs> and, and my guy, Arlo White, is certainly good at playing up that narrative as well, too. I, I, mean, I mean, yes, they have no history. So literally everything that happens for the first time is history. That no, doesn't and Michael, this is live golf history. Don't blink. You'll miss it. <laughs> Did, should we also then shout out how it was live golf history? Let at live golf Adelaide. Uh, Taylor Gooch won by three shots and the four aces won once again. On, the freaking on four aces. Yeah. God, the champagne yeah. celebrations never stop for that team. Golly. It's just, yeah. <laughs> They might they might like switch to a different liquor or alcohol at this point. They might be sick of champagne. There's they've had so much of it. I think. I mean, this is only their first event win in 2023. 
but they are number one in the team standings. I'm on the Live Golf website right now. I'm looking. I can't believe I'm looking at this. Number one in Live Golf standings is Four Aces with oh, yeah, 96 points. However, they determine these point numbers. I don't know. Followed by Torque and the Stingers. They round out your top three. Good stuff. Good seeing the uh, the tours uh, a little bit further in different uh, spots across the pond. But let's get to uh, let's get to my travels because I had myself a busy week. Yeah, you were uh, all over the state of Texas, and let's start at a major. It was the Chevron Championship for the LPGA new venue uh, in Texas. Now they still had a pond that they were going to jump into because you got to keep that at the Chevron at the very least. They did, and I was there early in the week at Tuesday, and you saw the pictures I posted where I saw the platform, and I immediately thought, I was like, "Oh, okay, they're they're going to leave this opportunity open." And early in the week, when I was watching the players' press conferences, Mike. No one was very committal to say whether they were going to jump in or not. So that was kind of the ongoing narrative all week. Would the winner jump in just like they jumped in at Poppy's Pond in Rancho Mirage and Palm Springs? In the end, the champion did jump in and, and the caddy, fly, caddy did a wonderful belly flop as well, too. So. Yep, and that champion is Lilia Vu. It's her second win on LPGA on the tour and her first major victory. And like you said, she did. She jumped in. She did it. Yeah, she gave herself a 5 out of 10. She gave herself a 5 out of 10 on the jump. She said it was a little cheesy that she held her nose tight, but she didn't want to get water in her nose. So listen, I understand that. That's that's a real-world thing. So, um, But the caddy belly flop was definitely the highlight, so shout-out to Cole, the caddy there. And yeah, it was really cool to be at the venue early in the week and, and see how that 18th hole looked, and it, it set up for a really dr- great dramatic finish. I think it's a win overall. The The event obviously had a lot of great history there in Palm Springs, but a really great finish. Good crowd showed up in Texas absolutely pristine Nicholas signature course. So I, I expect many more major champions uh, chips there to happen in the years to come. And, and who do we expect to hear from, from your time there when you were at the Chevron, what interviews do we have lined up? Yeah. Who, who can you, you kind of talked a little bit last week about who you were talking to when you talked about Bam Bam, Brittany Lincecum, which was who confirmed. We, we had a great from? conversation with Brittany, which is coming up in a, in a, in a soon to be episode of course of life this week, we're going to hear from Gemma Dryberg and, and, and to tease this interview coming up shortly as well. She gets into all things about her amazing $10,000 toilet that she won for her victory in Japan last <laughs> fall. Uh, so the content doesn't get any better on, on this week's episode. So you're here and you're at the right spot. So keep listening for more, more great LPGA content as well. After you went to the Chevron, you then went uh, up the road to the Invited Celebrity Classic, part of the PGA Torch Champions, which was a celebrity program format, kind of legends of the game on legends of other games as well. Um, who, who you caught up with even more people there. It was a good mix. I sent you this lineup and you were like, dang, a lot of former MLB guys there. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there were all, all yeah, sorts I, of legends. I, I, I think what I liked best in our interaction, uh, when we were texting each other about this was that you asked me what question you should ask, um, VJ Singh. Yes, I was. I was creeping on a lot of the pros there. They were off in the distance. I had this wonderful perch right in front of the clubhouse where I was doing interviews, and I could look to the left and see the the putting green. I looked to the right and see the chipping green. Vijay's just all by himself there, by his lonesome. He, he, I think he gave me the eyes at one moment when he drove by his golf court, kind kind of like maybe you know you don't know me and I don't know you, but deep down we know each other. You know, we and it was like it was a silent exchange. So nothing was said to him at the end, but it was cool to see him out there. 
Basically, you just knew that he was a cheater, and he knew that you knew he was a cheater. <laughs> oh yeah, we love we love our VJ storylines. But uh, yeah, it was cool to see all the legends, like you mentioned, out from from the game of golf and from other sports. Former MLB guys, former NFL greats. How about Vince Carter out there? It was cool to see him tee it up. Yeah. And there were also some cool former pros uh, from the world of tennis that I caught up with. One of those. Uh, right here was tennis pro Jack Sock, who, who is a, a self-obsessed golf nerd and had some really interesting observations about his experience watching the greats play the game. This is uh, this is as good as it gets for me. Yep. A uh, golf nerd and uh, uh, love of the game, honestly. I've been playing now for, for a bit. This year, last year, which uh, was my first go around at one of these. So um, kind of got my feet wet last year. I feel a little more comfortable this year, hopefully. Uh, gonna play, you know, better as well this year. But yeah, this is a blast for me. Uh, anytime you get out here and play golf uh, and not be on tennis is, is nice. What's it like socially connecting with the other celebrities and athletes that are kind of playing in different walks of life and kind of have similar professional shared experiences to you? And you're united because of golf, obviously. Yeah, honestly, it's it's like talk, yeah, networking and talking and meeting people is, is crazy. Sitting in the you know, player meeting last night, meeting baseball guys or football guys, yeah. uh, you know, whoever it is, it's uh, it's really cool and. Obviously, we all share the same passion for golf, but yeah, just hearing the different stories and, and different careers and, and paths everyone takes is, uh, is super cool. So, hopefully, play more of these. What's the uh, best part of your game these days? What, what are you doing the best of the golf course? Obviously, I'm just playing better golf right now. Uh, all around, love the, it. The okay. paradigm triple diamond has changed my life. So, uh, there we my go. Golf career, so I'm playing. Shout Callaway. Lot, yeah, just playing a lot better <laughs> golf at Callaway. If you want to have a conversation, no, playing playing a lot better golf. So, uh, I think I can. Uh, maybe make a splash this year. Nice. My last question. We love to end with our 19th hole question for any guests I have. Um, what's your like go-to meal and drink when you get into the clubhouse after the round? Oh man. Uh, honestly, like a chicken Caesar salad is just right up my it's a popular alley. Popular answer. Uh, right yeah. up my alley. Uh, they got a Modelo on draft in there. That's pretty good with lime uh, and or good old good old transfusion or something. Can't Always go wrong with training. Yeah, love yeah. that too. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you. 19th hole, chicken Caesar. I. I I'm a big fan of a chicken Caesar, so I love that this just keeps popping up as our 19th hole answer for a lot of people. Yeah, it's like the little engine that could in the answer. Like everyone yeah. knows the answer is a burger, but for some reason, the chicken Caesar flavor just keeps coming up. They like it. It's light. It's refreshing. It's you know easy to, to get down. And it, there's another chicken Caesar on the board. So shout out Jack. And it uh, looked like he had a great time uh, during during the rest of his week as well, too. And there was, uh, during the event, of course, Mark Hensby won the pro side of the yep, event. In the playoff. Yep. Tony Romo, ugh, he avenged his loss to Marty Fish. He did, yes. He got the win, and uh, he famously put two balls in the water here last year to help give Marty the win. Romo avenged the loss big time, though, with the four-point victory. But I did get to catch up with Marty as well, too. Tennis legend in his own right. And um, he had some really interesting comparisons between his game and the different pros that he's played with in these events in recent years. They're this, probably the same player. They just hit it a little shorter, maybe. Um, you know, they're straight as heck, uh, but it chipping like crazy. So it's always fun to... You know, not to put them in the same, you know, with the LPJ as well. We just play a different sort of style of, you know, golf. It seems like uh, these guys can hit it, hit it uh, pretty close to just as far. Obviously, they hit it straighter and all that stuff. But um, but it, it's fun to just see how they get around the course and um, how they score. They score so well and um, without hitting it, you know, 350 yards off the team. That, that's really interesting. 
And so, yeah, you just, you know, every name, pretty much every name, you're like, oh, you know, I know that guy or I remember that name or whatever. A lot of flashbacks. Yeah, I remember a Masters here or a US Open there and obviously Lee and Darren winning the British and, and, you know, getting to play with Lee winning the US Open a couple times. So, um, yeah, it's it's How's your game right now? What part of your game are you working on the most to keep it up? I'm on everything, just uh, swinging and hitting in the middle of the face uh, on the range. Yeah, I, I don't play. Uh, I've played 18 holes since uh, since January, since i played that. That's it, huh? Thing. Really? But yeah. I, I, hit, I hit some balls from time to time. Honestly, I feel like it helps me. It helps me sort of reset and not really think about um, swing thoughts or anything like that. I grew up sort of learning on my own. And, Honestly, I feel like more and more, more of the time goes by, it's sort of reset and not really, you know, getting sort of the bad swings out of my mind a little bit, maybe, or usually just kind of helps me. I got to echo what Marty says there, Alex, the, the ability of these legends to still go play the game on the Champions Tour and uh, play it better than I will probably ever play is just impressive. I know. And I was still seeing some of the old swings from our childhood. Like, how great was it? I was just standing there on the tee box all by myself, just watching Chris DeMarco hit a driver. I'm just like, mm. God, the good old days, Mike. Remember, my man, Chris DeMarco should have two masters. But that's that's another story for another day. Uh, but it was cool to see some of the greats of the game. And, and they're still crushing it out there in the PGA Tour Champions. If you haven't been to a PGA Tour Champions event yet, I would consider you going. Just brings a lot of fun throwback names uh, back into your golf lexicon. And it was a, a great time in Dallas as well. Speaking of back in the lexicon, the, the other interview in this week's episode, full interview, is, of course, with Kevin Mala from the Boston Red Sox. Oh, yeah. That's my attempt at a Boston accent. I know it's not very good. But, very well done. Nice. Uh, there you go. <laughs> uh, and we'll have more chats from your time there as well. So uh, it'll be it'll be great. We'll see what it's all about. This week, too, you're, you're not stopping this travel. You have even more coming up. I'm not able to go with you back to a place we have been before mm. next week. Yeah. But it is a place I wish I could be going back to all the time between its golf course golf course is it's mountain beautiful mountains you'll just have everything. to buy a watermelon how's that for a hint mm, yes especially at sunset yeah i'm excited to, to share my mystery destination this week which i'm looking forward to getting back to those out there probably know where it is by now but i will say there's some major implications where i'm going this week very major implications i'm talking about like the next major championship like that's coming mm. up real soon too. So I'm going to encourage you right now, if you're not already to follow us on social and you can find out exactly where I'll be this weekend on Twitter. I'm at course of life one on Instagram. We're at COL podcast and I'm at course of life, Alex. That's where you can follow along. A lot of great content upcoming and the, uh, the road, the course of life traveling roadshow basically continues to a new destination. Where we won't be going to, though, is the Mexico Open, which is what the PGA Tour is headed to next. Uh, wow. It's at Vidante. And uh, other than John Rahm, who is for some reason making another trip to defend his title here, there mm. is um, maybe Tony Finau. And that's kind of, I mean, the other names we were looking, I was looking at his names of some of these guys that are playing out here. John Rahm, Tony Finau, Nikolai Hoygaard. 
That's kind of it's kind of the, the the end of the names I know. There's Ches Reeby. <laughs> I mean, oh, the, oh wow, Ches Reeby's a top line name for you these days. Huh? Yeah, I know, right? Okay, well, and, if Ches Reeby's on the top line of your your acts. You might not have a great music festival. That, that'd be my advice my, out there. My yeah. question is though, how much longer will we be playing this Mexico Open at Vedante when it is a Greg Norman signature course? That is an interesting caveat. Thank you for bringing yeah. that up. And, and also <laughs> with this feel to is, it's just another blow to this idea of designated versus non-designated and, and how these non-designated events are going to survive when they don't have these high quality fields. So I shout out and I commend and thank John Rom desperately because he is single-handedly holding up the strength of this field, which is otherwise, it, it, let's just admit it, Pretty weak out there. You just put Tony Fina, or Gary Woodland on the top line. Maybe Nikolai Hoygaard, who just got his membership last week, is on yeah. the top line. Uh, and it's showing in the odds, Mike. This is like a Tiger Woods 2001 type of betting odds scenario this week for John Rahm at the Mexico Open. He's plus 290 to win, Mike. He's like three to one odds to win the tournament. Uh, some of the lowest pre-tournament odds I've seen in years for for a regular uh regulation pj tour event so that that tells you how prohibitive of a favorite he is this week i mean do i think he's gonna win yes would i put a dollar down on the field instead of on john rom also yes <laughs> yeah i'm betting away from him that that i won't spoil too much of my picks you can read my full preview at runyourpool.com for the mexico open but i'm gonna bet away from rom there's just not enough value there at such low odds you know, if you think about your standard bet, if you're betting two, $2 on each of these guys at 10 or 20 to one odds, that's fine because you make make hay. You got to bet $20 of that amount to, to, to make hay on a John Rom bet in the same way. So uh, the deck's loaded against him. It, it's like it's like that Tiger-like expectation when he goes to like a Canadian Open or a Buick Open back in the day. It's like, all right, how, how much is Tiger going to win by? And if he doesn't win, it's an utter disappointment. That's a, that's a funny spot to sit in for John Rahm, but on the heels of the Masters win, that's what it looks like this week. So I'll be curious to see if he gets it done. All right, let's switch over to Tuned In, where we share what we're tuning into outside of the world of sports. You know, this uh, past week, I've been uh, binging Ted Lasso, speaking of Arlo White from Live Golf. Yes, uh, good tie-in. Yep. Watching Ted Lasso season one, and I'm in the middle of season two, because I, season three came out a while ago, and I just haven't haven't watched it yet but i need a refresher on season one and two uh and it's just as fantastic as i remember it just as great the second time around huh it is i mean look ted lasso is just one lovable guy you you can't you can't deny it so have you seen the uh the the real life ted lasso story playing out with ryan reynolds and the club that he owns (laughs) there at rexham fsd there i i mean i don't know if this is that real life he hasn't brought in a uh american D3 That's the next step. That's the next coach. step is to bring in the American coach to, to like <laughs> truly make it the, the story. But uh, shout out to Wrexham FC for the the upgrade. They're getting upgraded to the English right. league. So uh, big win for uh, Reynolds in, in his own right there. Uh, yeah, so my throwback uh, is uh, footage from 1911, which I stumbled upon on Instagram. And the only reason I did, Mike, is because something very weird happened on Thursday night here in Austin, mm. Texas. So we had a thunder and lightning storm. Now, all yep. of a sudden, loud strike of lightning hits foreseeably somewhere within feet of our house to the point where it literally zapped and fried our upstairs TV as we were watching it. The TV is unusable. It does mm. not turn on. There is no screen. It doesn't plug plug in and show electricity or anything. 
and the cable box had to be replaced with the one downstairs. The bottom line, we have TV up and running again, but we're out of TV. So after the Zap TV, I was sitting on social media and I saw uh, 1911 footage redoctored by a filmmaker, which I tagged you in an Instagram, which was absolutely fascinating just mm-hmm. to see the way we, people walk, talked, and act a uh, hundred plus years ago in New York City. And um, I will tag uh, Seawall Podcast in some more clips as footage becomes available. But it was utterly fascinating to me uh, when I was having a TV free evening the other night. Look, all you need to know is that back in 1911, all the men wore dark suits and hats. The woman wears, wore hats and dresses. Mm. And um, everything looked a little more cephia in terms of color palette. Ah, well said. And the thing I noticed, too, is notice how everyone had their head up. We don't. Yeah. We, we all have our heads buried in our phones now. And we're, <laughs> and we're so used to like neck and back problems. I'm sure they didn't have as many back in the day. God, the posture was beautiful in 1911. Mm-hmm. So yep. uh, check out COL Podcast. I'll tag the account in some uh, 1911 New York City footage. Uh, and yeah, we're TV shopping in the next week as well, too. All right, let's get to this week's first guest because it is a uh, double header today. And uh, we'll start with uh, someone you spoke to during the Chevron Championship last week, uh, someone who you've actually talked with before on this podcast. That's right. Talking about Gemma Dryberg, Scottish pro, LPGA Tour winner as well, too. The last time we caught up with her, Mike, was just days after she won in Japan. So she was doing that whole media whirlwind, and I got to ask her a few questions, and we had her on in November. So it was good to actually meet her in person, catch up with her, see what's going on with her life, and obviously ask the uh, all-important questions about her winning toilet as well, too. We'll get to that conversation with Gemma in just a second. But first, let's talk about our good friends at Desert Fox Golf. We talk about them all the time because they've been with us for a long time. We love all their stuff that they do, especially that Desert Fox phone caddy. But we need to talk about this new thing they're doing, Alex, this new referral program they have going on. Yeah, it's it's very easy for all the golf fans out there, anyone who's part of a large company or organization or part of a large golf tournament that, that needs some jazzed up things in their swag bag. Desert Fox Golf is here for you out there. So listen up. It's very simple. If you are a Desert Fox Golf fan or if you're a golfer that's playing an outing with 100 or more people and you're buying Desert Fox products, they will give you a $100 referral fee just for sending the business their way. That's how great they are. They want to be part of your event, whether it's through the towel, the swing, a tumbler, the phone caddy. If you've got an event of a hundred plus, you can put a hundred dollars in your pocket. It's a really cool way, not only to get these products to you and all your coworkers and your friends and your network, um, but you can do it and put some money in your pocket as well too. So you know desertfoxgolf.com already. You know promo code Course of Life for our gear. But if you're planning an event, most importantly, uh, get your event together and connect us with your event coordinator, and we'll give you a hundred dollar referral free, courtesy of Desert Fox Golf. Again, Desert Fox Golf are friends of the show, and they're here to put some money in your pocket as well, too. All right, it's Alex with the Course Life Podcast live here at the Chevron Championship with a friend of the show who's been on the podcast before. And we're here with her in person. It's Gemma Driver joining us. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Thanks for having me it's on. It's great to see you. The last time we spoke was a complete whirlwind. It was the Wednesday after you won at the Pelican. Yeah. Um, I think the celebration juice was still in you at the time. 
But now that we're about six months removed, just how is everything with your life and what's changed for you? Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, it was life-changing, I guess. It was, uh, you know, kind of got me into all the events this year, got me into this event. I've yeah. not played this event before. So, um, and I got to play in Asia in February, um, Singapore and Thailand, and uh, obviously the Tournament of Champions as well at the start of the year. So, yeah, it's been a whirlwind since then, but um, all good stuff. And so this is your first Chevron Championship, correct? Yeah. And new course, what are your first thoughts here? Uh, we're back in, in my home state of Texas. This event's been in Palm Springs for a while, but it's at a brand new venue here, which looks absolutely stunning, as people can it see. It is. Yeah, it yeah. is stunning. It's going to be a, it's going to be interesting to see what the scores are like. I think it's pretty tough. It's pretty long uh, from the practice rounds, at least. Uh, we'll see how it plays. But um, yeah, it's a great course. The greens are running nicely. So yeah, looking forward to, to playing it. Had you hit the shot here, uh, the 65-yard wedge, the Texas yeah. flag? Any luck with that or not? I, I hit it yesterday. And um, I... Well, the player before me, Stacey Lewis, she told me to hit it a little bit further. Um, so then I went a little bit long, and then I got, the next couple got on the green. So, yeah. I think was, she's playing tricks on you for the solo line couple of this year yeah, or something. She like, she she's was. got something in her mind there. I know what's going on there. I know going <laughs> yeah, on. mind games. Oh, all right, so we need to get to the goofiest part of your amazing win in Japan, which was the unbelievably luxurious toilet <laughs> that you received courtesy of Toto. Um, for people who don't know, uh, Gemma won last November, was it, correct? Yep. In Japan. Totally. And you were gifted uh, quite the toilet. Um, tell us everything that this amazing toilet does, because I've heard a lot about it. Yeah, pretty much everything. So as soon as you walk in the room, the the seat lifts up for you. It's got little lights if you go to the toilet in the dark. Nice. And then it's got a little B-day for you, a uh, warm seat if you need it. So it's got it flushes for you as well. So Can it play um, music at all? Or I'm you... sure it can. I think uh, sometimes in the, the <laughs> Japanese, I remember when going into the airport in Japan and they have little noises so people don't can't hear you go to the to the bathroom. So I'm sure it does all, all of that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just had to ask. I'm sorry. I'm sure I guess it makes the bathroom trip a little bit more enjoyable, right? Exactly. And you, you get to think of the win every time you go to the bathroom, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, it's been interesting, though. Every time I've been going into, you know, hotels or, you know, even golf clubs, I, I see the Toto kind of sign. So they're, they're, they're everywhere, which I didn't notice before. But um, yeah. I've got the state of the art one. So that was very cool. Very <laughs> cool to see. Um one thing we have to get to, because I know this is near and dear to your heart, is the unbelievable season that your alma mater, Tulane, had on the football field. You know me because I bet every single college football game there is, and I know everything about every school. So to see the green wave ride the wave they did last season, tell me what it was like from your perspective being oh, an alumni. So exciting. I mean, when I was at school, we weren't too great. So just to see the excitement behind the you know the football team and the school spirit, um, I'd never seen anything like it there. And you know, I was with some uh, alumni that are much older than me and they said they've never seen anything like it themselves. So um, I was there for the conference championship game. Yes, we stormed right. the field afterwards. I'm so that was so there, cool. It's giving, me, it's giving me goosebumps thinking about it. But um, I watched the um, bowl game in, in London. At, we had like a Tulane alumni watch party. Oh, and nice. Yeah, it was so cool. Um, but yeah, never seen anything like it. So hopefully we can, like you said, ride the wave this season. We'll That's see. That's right. And then they won that crazy cotton bowl against USC. Yeah. I forgot about that game too, I, just I to mean, cap it all off. Yeah, I'd never, so I'm from the UK, so I don't know all the rules to football. I know most of them, but this the safety rule I'd never seen before. Yeah. So I was just it like, is a what, weird one what is happening? And I'm like, oh, we can win this. So it's pretty cool. Well, well, I don't know why it's two points, but I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Exactly. <laughs> Very cool. Um, all right, let's get to let's get some fun stuff. You've been on the show before. It's Gemma Dryberg here back on the course of life. Um, let's do a quick little uh, this or that, okay. uh, but a Texas edition. Okay. You're in the Lone Star State, too. All okay. Right. So like one it. or the other. Uh, the first one is Texas foods. Uh, would it be tacos or barbecue for you? What's your Ooh, favorite? Oh, tacos. I had tacos last night. Okay. All right. And course wise, do you prefer a, like a flat 
fast course or do you prefer more undulation, maybe a slower course? What's, what's your preference? Um, I like a bit of both, but since we're in Texas, I'll go for a flat and firm and wind, windy. Love it. Um, win uh, the Solheim Cup this year or a major this year? Oh, well, that's a tough one. Um, I might go for win a major. I like that. Yeah. You can also say both too. I can, yeah, ideally both. <laughs> uh, sunrise golf or sunset? Sunset. Okay. And last but not least, uh, in the hotel TV, do you watch movies? Or you just flip the channels. Uh, I do like watching movies actually. Yeah. yeah. What are you into lately? What have you seen recently? Um, I've kind of been in between shows at the moment. Um, I'm kind of looking for a new one, so I'm open to suggestions. Okay, well, Succession is all the rage. Okay, right now. Succession, that'll be my next it. one. Yeah, yeah. I, my wife lured me in, and all of a sudden, I'm now paying attention to every episode. Okay. So if it's one of those shows, it's all pretty right. sticky. For I'll put that. I'll try that tonight. Very cool. <laughs> um, all right, so we're going to do our Texas hospitality now. Have you ever heard of or seen a Bucky's in your life? Do you know what a Bucky's is? Is that the huge gas station? It is. Okay, yeah. I've, I think I've maybe been to one. Okay, but all I've right. heard we're they're famous. Bag of fun now. Oh, here we go. We've got snack choices for you, but you can only choose one. <laughs> so they have their own their own merchandise. So this is yeah. the Nutty Butts Bites right here. <laughs> this is the Jalapeno Cheese Puffs right here. We're still going. Still going. So you're, you're the first interview of the day. Uh, so you have the luxury of all the choices. So I get This is to the choose. sweet and savory tra trail mix. Wow. We're still going. Banana and milk chocolate chip mix. Oh, that looks good to me. These are world famous. These are their beaver nuggets, kind of like a corn nugget. Wow. So the, uh, this is what they're majorly famous for. Or their chocolate meringues. As you can see, everything's got a Bucky's logo on it. So okay. it's all Texas. So which one are you going to go I'm with? I'm going to go for these. I love bananas and chocolate. So. Can't go wrong with chocolate, right? No. All right. It's all yours. Awesome. Thank you. There you go. Gemma, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, hopping back on the show. Best of luck this week, this year, and we'll be sure to catch yeah, up again. Thank you, okay? Alex. Thank you. Great chat there with uh, Gemma Dryberg. I, I just love that she got a toilet. I just think that's hilarious, and it. I, I think I think she's right. It's got a, it's got to sing and dance for four thousand dollars. Yeah, mean, I know. I think to, it's right? yeah. It might even be more. Honestly, I think they retail like eight to ten grand or something like that. But oh shout out to goodness. Toto. That's always a great sponsor. You know, when you're winning a luxury toilet for winning an LPGA event. But just you know, love the, having that subtle reminder. You know. Hey, listen, maybe, maybe going to the bathroom is not always the most pleasant experience, but it's a subtle reminder of the, one of the greatest accomplishments of your professional life. So why not enjoy it? Uh, so shout out to Gemma uh, for being a good sport and uh, answering the funny and goofy questions uh, that we had. We love having her on the show. And uh, she had a decent week playing all four rounds and the weekend at the Chevron. So good to see her play well. Let's get into our second guest today. It's someone who I have respect for, and yet I still hate with my whole being. Mm. And that is a world champion of the Boston Red Sox. That hurts so much for you to say, and I loved every second it of does. it right there. I knew that you knew that intro you know, was going to be teeth grinding for you. That's why I made you pull through anyway. And I appreciate that you did. Kevin Millar is on the show, Red Sox legend. Uh, we get into all sorts of funny tidbits surrounding his thoughts on baseball, golf, uh, and yeah, he 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 addresses my co-host as well, too, directly. Check this out.
All right, we're live. The Course Life podcast from the Invited Celebrity Classic. Uh, so many connections with this next guest from Boston to Austin, baseball, golf, everything in between. Kevin Millar, world champion, joining us here on the show. Kevin, how you doing today? Hey, this is unbelievable. I'm trying to trying to figure out how to few shots in the wind, even putts. The wind kind of plays a factor. Yeah, man. So how's the golf game treating you? I know I see you at a good amount of these events and you have an opportunity to play alongside of a lot of different pros. What's the experience like for you here? It's awesome, man. You, you realize this game, there's no really max. And, and a lot of guys, you know, like myself, want to come out here and try to hit that golf ball. It's a golf swing, but it's just the repetition these guys have and the senior guys to watch how easy they swing the club. And their ball doesn't do anything to win. And guys like myself swing that club hard and then all of a sudden the wind's going, shoom. So I just love the sport. It was something that I took took up after I got done playing, you know, in 2010. So you start as like a 30 handicap, and then I've been down to about a five, just sitting here waiting to kind of figure the rest out. Yeah, man, that's that tough hump. I'm right there with you. Um, this morning, I saw you had a fascinating conversation because I know you love getting into the mechanics of the swing in every aspect, baseball and golf. And you were talking on the tee there with Jeff Maggart, who you're playing with, about kind of the mechanics and ball speed and what it all means. What, what do you enjoy picking up and, and learning specifically about the golf swing when you, you get out in here and see the West? Well, it's funny, like guys like Jeff, they work inside the golf ball, you know, so that over the top swing that we all have, you know, is not good in, ba- in, in uh, golf. But baseball is very similar. And so I was talking about, like, we're taught to take the knob of the bat to the baseball, you know. So when you're working in the cages with some soft toss, it's, it's you think about knob to the bat and then the barrel comes through. It's the same thing with golf, that that knob comes through and then the club. So there's so many similarities other than they get to their front side. We're in baseball, we're on our backside. And that's my miss, that high and right miss because you get stuck. Yeah, you're getting your shoulders into it. I saw it. You got some good action there. Um, uh, obviously, don't let us win tonight, right? Um, tell me, take me back to 04, the year you changed my life as a Boston Red Sox fan growing up. Obviously, you got special menu, uh, memories from that year. Uh, it, I'm assuming it never gets old talking about that team, right? No, we had such a gr- great group of guys. And and I always say we weren't the best players, but we were the best team. And so, I always, you know, most fans, if their team was knocked out and you weren't a Red Sox or, or a Yankee fan, I felt that you were rooting for us because we were like normal guys. And uh, to be down 03, obviously, was a miserable day. That night, they beat us pretty good. But to come in in game four and basically, you know, don't let us win tonight. And it was the truth. And Derek Lowe was pitching and the matchup didn't look good on paper. And, we just but, saw earlier Derek Lowe. Tonight. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, we had a chance to win that game. Poppy homer off Quantrill in game five. Here we go. We got Pedro Schilling. Anything happened in game seven. And it kind of worked out exactly the way, you know, I was popping off that day trying to get the boys going. And uh, when you're down 0-3, it's not fun, but it worked out to be awesome. This question is purely for my co-host who will be listening as he's editing this interview. And he's a lifelong Yankees fan. I'm a lifelong Red Sox fan. Uh, tell me about the vibe and the emotion when you could probably hear a pin drop at the end of that game seven in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, it was awesome because 03 Aaron Boone got us and yep, we're walking off that stadium. And it was just a sad day in that locker room. And then to be the, to do that one year later, same two teams. It was amazing. And I knew that once we won game six, that game seven, like the pressure just switched. Here we are, have all the pressure, trying to make this a great series. And then next thing you know, the Yankees are trying to win a game and they couldn't do it. So what's his name? Michael. Michael, I'm going to let you know, it's not our fault. We gave you a three-game lead. You can't be mad at us. And and by the way, they said rivalry. At that time, it was 27 to none. So now we've got no 4, 0, 7, 13, 18. 
And I think the Yankees only won nine, Michael. Yeah, it's starting to add up, man. I can't even remember the last time they won. Gosh, yeah, the Bruins, the Celtics. It's getting I me mean, Brady and the, and, and the Patriots. It was a- How closely tied are you now all these years after to the Boston sports scene? Because it's on fire right now as we're listening with the Bruins and the Celtics, obviously. Yeah, I got boys, and they love the Boston Celtics and the Bruins and the Red Sox, so they live and die. So we're we're uh, we're a family that watches all, all the Boston sports. Patriots, they're huge Brady fans, and uh, obviously he's gone, but. Uh, I'll have to get you out to the Patriots bar in Austin sometime this fall. We can do watch it. a game together. Let's you know, do it, man. Like so tell me about your life in Austin, where we both live right now. I've been there for 13 years and grew up in Boston. It's obviously a big uh, culture change for myself. But how long have you been in Austin? What do you enjoy most about living there? We moved there in 2010, 13 years. Yeah. And, and, you know, we at that time had four kids that were in kindergarten or underneath. And so we wanted to put them in a nice school district. We lived in Beaumont, Texas, while I played. My wife's from Beaumont. I grew up in Los Angeles. So I said I wanted to live in Texas. Yeah. And I've been here 31 years in Texas, but now Austin 13. Great place to raise a family. Uh, you know, we're on Lake Austin, so you're tubing, you're, you're, you're having fun, and just letting kids be kids because the world got crazy for a little bit. And it's been a great place that you can stay outside and play. Absolutely, man. Yeah, tell, take everyone through the, the Lake Austin vibe where you're situated because I see some great pictures you post on Instagram with your sons joining the grill in the pool. What's the typical, you know, Saturday with no plans day like on the lake for the Millars? Yeah, that's a great, you know, usually we're running around doing baseball stuff and tournaments yeah. and all this stuff. But the days that we have, it's just you, you go down there, you get on the boat and, you know, it, it's such a great lake because it's like a 250 yards wide. So it's like a river. Right. But you have just families out there. And uh, like I said, the kids surfing, the new things are surfing, like wakeboarding used to be cool. Mm. It's not cool. It's like kind of like snowboarding and snow skiing, right? Everyone right. wants to get on the snowboard. <laughs> so the surfboard is kind of fun because you're only going like eight to 10 miles an hour. So your body doesn't, you know, get terribly hurt. So the kids, you know, they love surfing and we have some fun and uh, you only get these days so long. And then all of a sudden they're growing up and leaving. Nice. Love it. Uh, we always end with food with our podcast guests. Let's ask some food questions. Obviously, Austin's a great city for it. Um, I'm sure you must have some sort of taco pick, whether it's you or the kids. Where do you like to go and get your tacos or Tex-Mex in the capital city? Yeah, you know, it's funny. We uh, we, you know, we, we live by a place. Flores is our go-to. Oh, yes. Okay. Great Flores pick. has the perfect <laughs> margarita. I always say, you know, you have two of those, you're going to have rosy cheeks. Mm, so they're yep. consistent. The chips and salsa is a big thing for me. You got to have good salsa. You can't. I want to crave going to here and getting chips, salsa. You got to have a nice queso. So it's when they get too crazy and try to get too authentic. Watery salsa or thicker salsa? Give me a thicker salsa. Like, you know, yeah. Hula Hut's a great a great one uh, down there on the lake. They got great salsa. Flores got great salsa, a little bit spicy. And uh, so, yeah, that's my go-to. I love it. And we end with our 19th hole question. So it's really easy because you were just in the clubhouse now. But when you finish a great round of golf, you get into the 19th hole. What's your go-to order, your favorite meal and drink to order in the clubhouse? So I, I am old school. I love a good burger and fries after golf. And if I'm going cocktail, it's going to be a crown seven. If I'm going, usually I'm a fake drinker. I'll drink, but I can't just pound all day. Like some of my buddies, you know, they're drinking 30 beers. If you play 36 holes, I'm like, bro, I'd be, I'd be out. I'm cheap. I've seen how Jeremy Ronick operates. I yeah, going they, they can roll. But I, <laughs> give me a nice Coke, hamburger, French fries, and if they have a good homemade soup. And, you know, I'm a big soup guy. Broccoli and cheese, potato, uh, you know, something like the tortilla. It doesn't have to be cold out. I love having a soup. Yeah, I saw tortilla soup made it on uh, Scotty Scheffler's master's menu, too. Did you yes, see that champion's yes, dinner menu? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, it would be simple like that. You know, if there was some baked potato and steak, bingo, a nice Italian salad or something like that. But a burger, burger and fries at a golf course. Love it. Hey, Kevin, thank you so much for hopping on, man. Appreciate it. And I'll see you in Austin around, all right? Appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you.
We're back. Kevin Millar. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Kevin Millar just iced you on the podcast. Yeah, I, you know, what world like, are we in? I, I'm sorry. You have four World Series. Yawn. Talk to me when you get to double digits. Yeah, okay? you, love, you love doing the 27, 20. I know. Yeah, just 27 to 4, right? Is that what, that what yeah, your scoreboard is? Talk yeah. to me when you get to 10, and we'll see how we're doing. You know, has your team won multiple World Series in a row? <laughs> no. You know, I just, it's just, it's not, it's not, we're not even in the same ballpark to have this conversation. So here's the problem, Mike, is I'm never going to bring a former Yankee on this podcast to defend you unless you do it yourself. I, so I was going to say, what, what if Derek Jeter reached out from to you? On. What yeah. if Derek Jeter reached out to you, Alex, and said, I want to be on the podcast? Would you say no to Derek Jeter? I'll just say yes. We'll just talk golf. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> I'll, just, I'll, do, I'll, I'll just do 15, 20 minutes of golf. So, J- Derek, how, how are your wedges these days anyway? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, really cool uh, full circle moment there. Obviously, uh, for those who don't know, the genesis of this podcast is myself being a lifelong Red Sox fan and Mike being a lifelong Yankees fan. Uh, so, really need to have Kevin on um, to help settle our score, which will continue forever uh, and relive those fun Red Sox-Yankees rivalry days. Uh, 03-04, great memories indeed. Right before we met each other uh, at Quinnipiac University. So really cool having Kevin on. And uh, yeah, hopefully, now since I know he's an Austin, Texas resident, uh, we'll connect and maybe play some golf down the line as well too. There you go. There you go. And if you like that chat with uh, Kevin Mala plus Gamma Dryberg and everything else we've been doing here on this podcast, make sure you punch that subscribe button on the podcast app you're using right now. Literally do it right right now, unless you're driving and then you really shouldn't do it right now because that's not safe and you should keep your eyes on the road. Uh, but when you stop your car and you park it, you should hit subscribe. You should follow us on Instagram, COL Podcast, Course of Life Alex, M-W-R-I-N-C. You should follow us on Twitter. If you still use Twitter, it's okay if you don't. Uh, Course of Life 1 and M-W-R-I-N-C. Nailed it. I'm Mastodon. But I don't do anything on Mastodon, but you can follow <laughs> me there. I don't remember the what my is handle that? is there. It's uh, it's another Twitter, only it's not Twitter. Uh, we're on YouTube, too, so you can see some videos and stuff we post there uh, as well. Plus, if you don't want to if you want to watch the podcast, quote unquote, watch, you want to actually see our faces. You'll just see a still image, but you can watch the podcast because uh, we have radio faces. So, well, the nice thing about YouTube is I find myself watching videos during the day when I'm doing work. So it's nice just to always throw the pod up in a tab as well, too. And you can just play that in the background while you're doing your work. So that, that's when yeah. I think YouTube does pay off in some spots on the desktop. There you go. There you go. But for now, let's hashtag always end with food. Yes, always end with food, our food segment to every end, every course of life podcast. And uh, let's just get into my road trip obsession with Bucky's that obviously happened last week. I mean, so I did the full Texas Triangle. If you can imagine this in your head, I went Austin to the Woodlands. I got some snacks for our LPGA pros along the way. You just heard right there, Gemma Dryberg with the first draft pick in the snacks I got from last week's episode. She picked the banana and chocolate chips first. The, the chocolate chip covered mm. bananas. She picked those first. I was surprised by that. Yeah. You, you thought it, it might have gone in a different direction. We'll see what happens in the we weeks said to come. That there. was going to be last. I yeah, think is what we I know. Said. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's the, the Scottish in her, you know, just the mm. non American picking something a little outside the box. But yeah, she went with the banana chips. Um, so other snacks are on the board. Be sure to tune in for future LPGA interviews to see who picks what in the coming weeks. Uh, but yeah, Bucky's obsession was full on. 
Then I did the four-hour drive from Houston to Dallas. That was a grind, but I had the Celix game as my accompaniment. And then back down from Dallas to Austin, Mike, I was wondering what I was going to get for dinner. And then I realized, screw it. I'm just going to Bucky's for dinner because you can. It was amazing. Sliced brisket sandwich. Got myself the snacks I didn't get on Monday. And the full-on Bucky's obsession just continues on. There you go. I mean, I mean, if I had a Bucky's within an, an hour... It's about two and a half hours, two Bucky's. I might go to a Bucky's every once in a while, but I got to be in the right direction to get to one now. Nothing better than when you pull up the map on the road trip and then you you hit the magical Bucky's word, you hit enter and you just see locations right off the highway. That's mm-hmm. just doesn't get it. There are not many better feelings in the road trip universe than that. So I enjoyed Bucky's multiple times and we'll be back again. Shout out to our friends at Bucky's and we are open for an endorsement deal whenever you guys are ready as well, too. I'd love to. I'll, I'll, I'll rock the beaver. Love it. All right. That's a wrap on Always End with Food and a wrap on this week's Course of Life. A loaded episode. Thank you for staying this long. If you haven't yet, please subscribe wherever you're listening, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining.